0: Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode. I'm excited to share today's episode with everyone.
1: And you are going to be so blessed.
0: Yes, it's a good one. Today, we are talking with Chris, who has a restored marriage. For five years, she's been restored, and she and her husband, Tim, have seen God do a miracle in their marriage, and her testimony is really going to bless you because... She has seen God move, and she's seen silence from her husband, and she's seen God reiterate to her that I have answered prayers for you, and you need to be reminded of prayers I've answered. And she has such a great testimony of what God's done in their marriage. I know it's going to be such a blessing
1: for you to hear it. Oh, when you hear restored marriages in the process of them, it, it will just encourage you to be ready that everything doesn't get restored instantly but it's a process and a timing of it but the growth that she has had is awesome and also she shares scriptures that the lord has given her throughout her waiting and standing and that's where we always say to you seek the lord and ask him to give you promises from him and you write them down and as she does and i do is she wrote them in her Bible and dated them. And I love hearing that because when you open up your Bible in five years or every day, um, or your children want to look at your Bible, they will see all those notes of special occasions and special promises that God has given you.
0: Yep, she had many to share. So get your pen and paper ready if you want to write down some scriptures that Chris shares, but enjoy this testimony of Chris and Tim. Well, Chris, thank you for joining us today. Um, We're going to talk about your restored marriage that's been restored for five years now, and we're really excited that you're with us to share what God has done in your marriage. So glad to be here. And I know that your husband is not with you to share his side of the story today, but he has given his blessing for you to have this conversation and you know sometimes a prodigal comes home and they're willing to share their side of the story and sometimes they come home and say I don't want anybody to know what has happened and sometimes they do what Tim has done and he said you can share it but I don't want to I don't want to give my side of the story right now and share it and that's okay we were just talking about you know before we recorded um, that that is still a huge miracle that your husband is saying, tell people what happened, tell people what God has done. And um, so we're excited that you're here to share that story with us today.
2: So glad to share it.
0: Take us back because you had been married for many years, 29 years before um you know, the problems really hit. And it's very common that we see people in that stage of marriage separating and divorcing. I don't have statistics in front of me, but when um, you've been married 20, 25, 30 years, it's like the kids are grown, they're out of the house, and spouses have to really look inward to each other. And it's a very big demographic that we work with of people that have been married that amount of time. So not uncommon, sadly, but tell us what was going on in your marriage at that time.
2: So, you know, we had always really had a good marriage. Um, We had met in in church. We were both members of the same church growing up. And when I was a senior in high school, we began dating. And I think that we both really quickly felt like we were going to get married. And that happened about 15 months later and um, as I said, we had a good marriage, Um, not a lot of conflict, not a lot of issues. We had come from families that um, had not really experienced divorce, so we had not had a lot of exposure. Both his parents and mine and all of our grandparents had been married long-term until death separated them, so we really came at this with you know, a good background. And I remember Tim telling me very early in our relationship that we had two options. And that was, we worked things out or we worked things out, that divorce was not gonna be an option for us. So I went into our marriage just, I think, with that firm foundation um, of feeling confident that I felt like the Lord had put us together and that I had a husband committed to me and me to him, and we were not even going to entertain the thought of divorce. And so probably for many years, um, I had a lot of confidence, maybe even pride, because I thought that we were unbreakable you know that it was all going to be fine so we had two children and I was a stay-at-home mom and things were well with us however our communication was probably a big problem and still is we still struggle we are both people pleasers and we both try to avoid conflict and so in that regard we had a lot of just normal marriage issues that came up that we probably just did not resolve because we weren't willing to talk them out and so that led on both of our sides to some bitterness some anger um Tim is a little more passive than me as far as his personality goes in the marriage and so I kind of was a take charge kind of person and for decisions and different things I would make the decision for us and was rather controlling um, and probably not respectful in a lot of regards, um, had some, just some vindictive behaviors at times could be nagging all of those things that at the time I did not see. So, you know, me learning all that and understanding all that came later in our marriage when our problems started. And I began to reflect back on my part in the breakdown of the marriage. Mm -hmm. So we just, continued our lives, you know, busy with our children and raising them. And I think that we began to lose focus of one another and of the Lord and keeping the Lord the center of our marriage. Um, We got busy with life. Um, My husband worked long hours and I became a little resentful that, you know, I was staying home with these children and I was like a single mom and became a little resentful and angry about that. And um, we began to argue a little bit more than we had previously. I also then when the children got older, I took an outside job outside the home and that really changed the dynamic of our world because my husband was no longer a huge focus of my attention. I now had other things pulling at me, distractions, stresses. And so I think that he really began to feel like he was um, not very important in my life Mm -hmm. and in my world. And so we both suffered with that and just kind of lost track of what was most important.
0: When that was happening, did you both realize that and talk about it and try to right the ship? Or was it something that you just had, in hindsight, you can see what was happening, but at the time you just weren't doing anything to correct it?
2: It was hindsight. Yeah. At the time, we really didn't see it. Um, I remember something very vividly that happened right before the breakdown of our marriage. And my husband had had a mustache for a, a long time, probably a year or so. And one day he came to me and he said, you didn't even notice that I shaved my mustache a few days ago.
1: And it hit me
2: like, wow, I really have not even stopped and looked at my husband in the face
0: Wow. to see that he
2: no longer has a mustache and i realized how hurt he was by that mm-hmm. and so that was when i really began to see how far we had drifted from one another
0: so what did you try to do at that time to to get back on course
2: you know i, I don't even remember if i apologized to him at the time i just remember thinking wow this is this is big and i think by this point we had such a division between us that this is when things really started going south and i think normally he would never have brought that to my attention so i think it was maybe his cry for attention and to say look we're not going down a good road but neither of us really recognized that we were kind of just both blindly
0: living our life i think that's so important to point out because that happens so often where it's just a slow drift away from each other, it's not usually an overnight thing or one circumstance. It's 200 little decisions that happen that lead to a breakdown in a marriage. And it's where we as believers need to be on the lookout in our marriages when we start to see those little things happening, those little arguments or things like that. We have to be willing to you know, try to look at them and to make that right so much quicker. And when you're growing apart, you know, as a couple, when you have little kids, it's common because you're focused on raising your little kids or when you have high schoolers or, or a job or whatever it is that's a distraction. Um, there's many things that can really distract from, from our spouses. Well, what happened after that as you continued to um, grow apart and, and see a change in your relationship? So I would say 2015
2: is when I really began to notice that something was wrong. And 2015, we celebrated our 29th wedding anniversary and my husband turned 50. And I remember just feeling as his wife that he was not handling that birthday very well. Emotionally, it was just very difficult for him. And I really didn't know how to help him or support him and didn't even know what to say. Um, So we just continued through the year, and in the summer of 2015, I really began focusing on the Lord. Um, I had always been the prayer warrior of the of the couple and sought the Lord for decisions that we needed to have made and different things. But 2015, I began journaling and really seeking the Lord and reading the Word and just wanting to be in the center of His will. And I can't tell you that I was praying about my marriage. I really still did not see any huge problems. And remember, I had this firm foundation and this confidence and that nothing was ever going to touch us and that we could treat each other however, and we could stomp on each other however, but nothing was going to happen to us because God had put us together. So I was praying and seeking the Lord more for my career at this point, And I was feeling restless and I wanted to know the Lord's will for my life and be where he wanted me to be. So by the fall of 2015, I really began to feel that we had a huge drift in our marriage. And my husband was very withdrawn and he began to say things to me that were totally uncharacteristic and just harsh. And I just thought, wow, this is, this is not looking good. And I remember journaling, you know, Lord, occasionally I need you to work in my marriage. And, um, so by 2016, by February, I really sensed that we were going to be divorced if there was not a huge intervention. Could not put my finger on what was going on. Um, my husband had started working with a younger coworker, and I'd seen some flirtation. But again, you know, I was very prideful, and nothing was going to happen to us. And so, by February 2016. I felt like we needed to seek a counselor and my husband agreed to go with me and I think out of panic and I rushed to find the first counselor I could find. I did not seek the Lord and who he wanted us to talk to. And we went to our first counseling session. He was not the counselor that we needed at that time, but it was who we got. And I left that first counseling session really just blindsided and devastated by my husband's answers and responses to the counselor's questions. And I left there thinking that he no longer loved me. And it was a huge, just a huge feeling of panic. And what are we going to do?
0: What, what happened after that first appointment?
2: So we went to a couple more sessions. Nothing really came out of that. Um, Nothing really progressed. The counselor didn't think there was anything major going on between us by just talking to us. Um, By March of 2016, I had to go out of town on a business trip for a week. And I remember just feeling very uneasy, like I really don't want to leave this house, but I have to go. And I got to my hotel room that very first night and I was 500 miles from home. And it was as if the Lord just turned the light on. Mm. And I just
1: knew
2: that he was being unfaithful to me with this co-worker, and I was devastated, and I just remember finding myself beside the bed on my knees just crying out to the Lord to please stop it, you know, and I just knew. So I didn't confront him while I was that far away, you know. I, I look back, and I see that that was the Lord's protection on me. He physically mm-hmm. took me to the area before he could reveal this to me so that I wouldn't be close to home and I could just have the week to just be with the Lord. Yeah. So when I came home at the end of that really terrible week, um, as I walked in the house, just first thing, the Holy spirit just directed me to the proof that I needed to know that was definitely going on. So that is when everything set into motion and I confronted the situation. And of course he denied it and, and dismissed it as something simple and it it was a lot more involved than what I had what he admitted to. So I am completely devastated. Um you know we have a son who's grown, who's married with two children, and I have a son that was still living at home and my oldest son was at the house at the time, so he knew what had transpired. And we went I went to our younger son and talked with him. He worked with my husband and so it was very it was something he needed to know or he was going to hear it through the grapevine. Yeah. So just devastated. I mean, I can't even tell you, this is somebody that never thought their husband would do this to them and had complete confidence in us. And here I see myself now facing this.
0: When everything finally came out and your husband admitted to what had been going on and that he had been unfaithful, um, what what was the answer did he want to separate or divorce at that time or was he looking to work on your marriage and get out of this relationship where was he at
2: so he was still completely withdrawn from me very cold um i remember whenever we just tried to talk about it that initial time i remember just kneeling beside him and praying um Mm -hmm. because i really didn't know what else to do yeah um the days that followed were really hard because he would say he didn't know what he wanted to do. He didn't know if he wanted to stay or go. He didn't know if he loved me anymore. Um, And he would make comments that he just wanted out. And so it was very difficult for me to live day by day with him, knowing that he was questioning whether we could fix this or not. And, you know, honestly, he was in such a dark place at this point. The enemy had, so blinded him to the reality of his life and, you know, what God had for us. So within a few days, though, I mean, I just began just really searching the Bible and, and just praying and journaling and, you know, journaling just saved my life because I couldn't pray. I could journal my thoughts and, and I could write down what the Lord spoke to me. And one day through a devotional, Um, this is what the Lord sent to me, and it and I knew in my heart it was from God. And He just said, I've got this, everything will be okay. Just go out there and love your husband, forgive your husband. I need you to forgive him and help him climb out of this hole. Be there for him as I have been for you, from God. And I just knew. that, that was the Lord speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And he also sent me to Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Mm-hmm. And so I had that and I and I heard that, but you know, mm-hmm. I had not had exposure to divorce. And honestly, in my little circle of friends and family, every person that I knew of that had faced infidelity in their marriage were divorced. And I really thought that that was what my option was. I didn't have any hope and um, I knew I had biblical reasons for divorce and I thought, well, Lord, I guess this is it. This is what you have for me. So I did seek an attorney pretty quickly because I thought that was what the
0: future held for us. And did God get hold of your heart then and change you? So honestly, after a month um,
2: of Tim remaining at home, things were just so bad. And I had a moment where I just said, you know, I need you to leave. And I really regret that decision.
1: I really do.
2: I think that he, as being the controlling wife, the one who kind of took the reins through the years, he wanted me to make the decision to have him leave and to file for divorce so that he didn't feel the guilt of that. Correct. So I asked him to leave thinking it would be a few days, but it wasn't. He stayed. He moved in with his mother. He stayed gone. And there was silence from his side. So here I am lost. I don't know what to do. And I had a cousin who had been through something similar. Now she and I had not spoken for greater than 10 years, probably her mother and mine were sisters and there had been some disagreements in the family years before. And so I had not spoken to her and she contacted me through a mutual friend one day out of the blue and asked to speak with me. And honestly, Her testimony was the hope that I had. The first time I had hope that maybe we could be restored. uh, Yeah. If she had not come to me and shared her testimony of restoration, I don't know where we would be. So I'm very grateful for her willingness to do what the Lord asked her to do. And I'm very grateful that the Lord allowed us that time of, of just being together again. It was just wonderful. Wow.
1: Reconciliation. Of with your relationship with her mm-hmm. is also showing you that God can do anything regardless of the years. And True. nothing is too hard for him. Mm-hmm. And for him to show you that and to speak to you um, is tremendous because you you had more than one miracle with that. The Lord is speaking to you, He's speaking you scriptures. And then you have a cousin that you restore a relationship that needed to be restored in a family. And so God is you can see God moving, but you know it, it's hard when, especially when husbands and wives have this separation and have these words or the silence of words of of different things yeah. that that you, but God is speaking to you and directing your steps, which is, so great when you seek the Lord, He does answer us.
0: Absolutely. So that that conversation and that exposure was your first exposure to the hope of restoration, correct?
2: Exactly. And um, speaking to her, she actually turned me on to Rejoice Marriage Ministries, and so I added that devotional to my daily devotions and. Um, You know, I love Tuesday's devotions, hearing about the prodigal's perspective, and it just gave me some insight into what my husband was going through because there was silence on his, his part, and I didn't hear anything and didn't see anything. Um, I can't say that every day that I read the devotionals, I was excited. Um, There were days that I would read about standing and I would say, no, I can't do this. Lord, you've asked me to do the impossible and he has hurt me so bad and he has hurt our family and I cannot do this. And so I can't say that I was committed initially, gung ho completely. I just (laughs) know that I had that hope that it could happen, um, you know, if the Lord saw fit.
0: It's, it's very um, unnatural to love our enemies and to love people that hurt us. It's, it's something that only God can give us the power to do because in our human sinful nature, when somebody hurts us, our reaction is to withdraw, to retaliate, to do all the things that go against what God tells us in the Bible that He can equip us to do. So not uncommon to hear that that you struggled with that.
1: And forgiveness. Yeah. Forgiveness is is huge. Forgiveness for they forgot your, uh, to call you in the day. Forgiveness is for something they forgot uh, to help you with your family. But when forgiveness is against with a sin that is affecting your life, your marriage, it is huge. Hard, hard to do. It's, mm-hmm. it's huge. But when you start to have the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, forgive, forgive, trust me. Yeah. It's tremendous.
0: So how how was the relationship going with your husband at this point? You're starting to toy with the idea of restoration. You're, you're trying to pray for him and forgive him. And what is happening in his life at this time?
2: So I really didn't know what was going on behind the scenes at this point. I knew that I was getting silence from his end. Um, I had a friend. I had a gr- great group of friends who were very supportive and praying for me and Um, one of them reminded me one day that I wasn't just fighting for my marriage, but I was fighting for Tim's soul and that the enemy had taken him captive. And so I began just trying with all of my power to um, fight spiritually, however that looked. And so one thing that um, I did start doing was um, anointing my home with oil, and I had my cousin got me some anointing oil, and I would just go through my house and pray and pray the enemy out. You know, I wanted my home to be my place of refuge, and I wanted to just have the Lord and the Holy Spirit just surround it with His angels, and just know that the enemy had no place in my mm-hmm. home. Um, so I spent many times praying over my house and and praying over every entryway and. I even prayed over Tim's truck at one point. I know he, he didn't need that. <laughs> um, I knew that he was moving from his mother's house into an apartment, and I kind of had the inside scoop on that. You know, God is so good, and He just reveals things to you and and sends people your way and. I had another cousin that actually lived in this apartment, and I knew that she was about to move out, and I knew that Tim was going to move in, and so I contacted her one day and said, hey, before you turn in your key, would you please let me know? I'd like to come pray over that apartment, and so I did, and I anointed that whole apartment with oil. I I prayed every corner. I anointed every entryway. I prayed that every time he pulled in the driveway that he felt the Holy Spirit's conviction, Um, I even would gather his mail as it came to the house and I would save it in a pile and I would pray over every envelope before I even put it in his. Hand. And I know that if he ever saw there was a little oily spot on every envelope, but um, everyone was with oil. I wanted everything that touched him from my hands to be prayed over and that the Holy Spirit would be with it in whatever supernatural way that could happen. Yeah, Amen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is his God is so powerful, yeah. and your obedience and you and and you surrendering your heart to anoint and change you and anoint your husband's everything is huge. Yeah, because that's, that's I,
0: quite an opportunity to be able to go pray over his apartment before he gets there.
1: <laughs> that was a miracle. That's for sure. Oh my goodness, what are the chances of that? Yeah, uh, but you know what? That is that's what it's all about. It's that commitment. That you have chosen now, that you know that you know this is a spiritual battle between right. darkness and light, and Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy all marriages because God created marriage for a lifetime, and Satan does not want that. Yeah. So you know he uses a variety of different tricks and schemes to cause marriage problems, mm-hmm. and you've seen all of that.
0: Yep. So Tim moves into his apartment you're praying over him and standing for restoration and what starts to happen in in your lives um
2: so you know i am hurting and i am limping through life now just um, not sure each day, what the day will bring. Um, the Lord had given me additional promises. Um, one of them was Psalm one twenty six one, And it says, when the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those that dream. So I knew that I had that promise that I felt like it was going to be like a dream one day. So I had, I had that promise. And I also had, um, then I will make up for to you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten from Joel 225. And so just, continuing to walk with the Lord. You know, I had two sons who were hurting. Um, I had two young granddaughters who couldn't understand what had happened. And of course we never explained to them what had taken place, but they just knew that their papa was gone and did Papa forget us? And is Papa ever coming home? And so, you know, I spent just a lot of days just caring for my family and trying to care for myself and, Along the same time, um, right after Tim left, actually within the next couple of months, my mother was diagnosed with a terminal illness and she was facing an organ transplant to save her life. So, you know, I had that distraction. I had that going on as well. And, um, that brought out more anger you know how could my husband who had experienced the loss of his father how could he desert me when my mom is really sick and I could use him as a support so it was just a really difficult season but um just continued to pray throughout each day and um about six months later I actually reached out to Tim and asked him to meet with me and he did and um I had some hope at that point because he told me that he had separated from the other woman and that he wanted to come home and he wanted us to fix things. He wanted to be happy again, Um, wanted us to go to dinner. And so we had a Saturday that we had set aside to meet and it was so evident that day the spiritual warfare that was involved in the push and pull and the tug for both of us. You know, that morning I had Mr. Right planted right in front of me and the enemy was saying here, look, you've got somebody even better that you could go off with. And, Mm -hmm. and then after our meal that night um, we were in his vehicle and his phone was sitting right there in front of us. And, and the other woman sent him a message telling him how much she loved him. And so it was just a huge battle all day of just back and forth. And we came back from that dinner and I thought that I had some hope. And I know my son saying, mom, just be careful. I think that it's just a little too soon. Don't, don't jump too, you know, jump, don't jump the gun too quickly. And after that meal, there was silence on his end, and I never heard back from him. So there were definitely some false starts, and I, I, I saw the Holy Spirit drawing him back and then the enemy pulling him back the opposite direction. So definitely some pull and push and tug. And so about six months later, he contacts me again and wants to go to dinner. And we have a nice meal together. And I later learned that it was at that point that. other woman actually left him she saw that he was continuing to be pulled towards me and she just said you know i think i see that you're choosing her so she actually at that point left so you know i'm thinking that things are going well Um, it's been a year since we had discovered this had happened and um the next thing i know he meets with me and tells me that he's filed for divorce and that he wants me just to go quietly and quickly and sign the papers and just let's move forward with life. And so, that hit me very hard. You know, I had been told by the Lord that it would be like a dream, and I was, said, "Well, Lord, I thought it was a dream, not a nightmare. Like, how could this be?" <laughs>
1: you
2: know? this so is <laughs> It is a nightmare. So, um, I knew that the divorce was pending, and he wanted me to sign the papers, and and I knew that you know, the Lord had really been working on me to change me. And I knew that he had to get us apart so that the Lord could change my reactions and, and my way of handling conflict through the years. And I know that Tim had noticed my reactions throughout this had been different than they had been in the past. Um, Normally I would be very vindictive, um, very hateful, very um, arrogant and ugly and with me, just trying to be respectful every time we met or messaged one another. You know, I
0: think that he saw a huge difference. So Chris, let me go back while you're thinking to one thing that you said, you had said that um, when you were apart, you had ups and downs and you saw the, like almost the physical pull and tug of Tim, you know, when you were together, just fighting with the enemy and, you probably had no idea when you were standing and having your own you know, experience with God of saying, I'm giving this marriage to you. I'm giving my life to you. You probably had no idea what was happening behind the scenes in Tim's life with the pulling and the tugging that he was going through in that other relationship. And I think that's so important because we can think, I don't see anything happening in my stand. I don't see things changing. I don't see my husband contacting me. I don't see my wife reaching out to get together. And it's so important to just remind ourselves, we have no idea what the Lord's doing on the other side of those mountains.
2: Exactly. And, you know, I would have moments... At night, the Lord would wake me up in the middle of the night, and Tim would be so heavy on my heart, and I would just pray for him, and and I would lay on his side of the bed, and then I would lay on the floor, and I would just really pour out my heart and just just begging the Lord to please intervene and work in his life. And so I know that God was faithful, even though I didn't see what was going on on the other side of the mountain. Um, and I would love to get glimpses of that, but you know, obviously it's not always possible.
0: (laughs) And that that doesn't take much faith, does it? (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: Another verse that the Lord really
0: used in my life,
2: it was actually Nehemiah chapter four. And now I write in my Bible and anytime that the Lord has spoken something that really touches my soul, I underline it and I date it. And so Mi chapter four has many many dates beside it because so many times the Holy Spirit would take me to that chapter and reveal something new to me and it and it's about them rebuilding the wall and there was lots of rubbish and they had to clear all the rubbish to begin the wall on a new foundation and how the enemy was taunting them and how Nehemiah was trying to encourage them to keep fighting for their family. And he says in verse 14, do not be afraid of them. The enemy remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your family. And then in verse 20, he says, our God will fight for us. And so I just kept on remembering those and praying those verses and just you know, praying the Psalms over my husband and and anything I could do in the spiritual realm to fight for him is what was was going on in my world.
0: So he breaks it off with his girlfriend. Well, his girlfriend breaks up with him and says, you're too conflicted, wanting, you know, two different women. Did he rush home right after that happened? He did not. In fact,
2: things were more silent then, you know, and and I knew that that he wanted me to sign these divorce papers. And knew that I wanted him to be the leader of the home, and I I knew that I needed to be going to just sign the divorce papers, but I just kept thinking if he just had a little bit more time, and so, you know, months go by, and then by the fall of 2017, um, I really began to sense things changing just spiritually, and I can't explain that, Um. I know that you all speak of cleaning out your closet, getting ready for him to come home. And I had removed all of his clothes and boxed all of those up. And I had put my clothes in his side of the closet. (laughs) And by October of 2017, I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, you need to move those clothes and get them out of the way so he can come home. And I just remember thinking, well, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look dumb doing that. That just seems crazy, you know, and, so god has a way of getting our attention so i had to go out of town for a few days to take my mother for some tests and um, when i came home my son said well mom i haven't seen the cat for a few days not since you left and i just knew immediately the cat was in my closet and so I said, well, Lord, you've got a good sense of humor and a good way of making me be obedient. You've been working on obedience for a long time and I'm still so hard-headed. So so I did clean out the, the mess the cat had made in the closet, but I have to tell you, I still was reluctant to remove my clothes. And this was another probably few days or a week or so. And I remember just one day being broken before the Lord and saying, Well, God. When I move my clothes, there's going to be a blank wall. And I just really need you to give me some promises to fill that wall. And I just heard him say to me, I've given you lots of promises. And so I had different note cards, and I had different things written that were hanging all over my house throughout this whole time of Bible verses, of encouraging words. Um, My son that lived at home with me was very encouraging, and he would write out sermons that he had listened to, and he would hang on the wall or above my coffee maker, and I had saved all of those, and I had them in a box, and I took out every single one of those and i filled the wall in the closet with all of those reminders of god's promises and i was so
0: amazed at that so um that's just what the enemy does is try to trick us and say god here's a blank wall i need those promises and and god says I've been giving them to you so many times, but we're, we're when we can get in that dark place in the valley, we forget the things that God has done. That's why we say so often it's so important to journal because it's our Amen. reminder to go back and to see the goodness of God in our lives because the enemy wants us not to do nothing more than to forget where God has supplied needs, where he's answered prayers before. So I love that he gave you that reminder.
1: And I also want to interject while we're talking right now, is that I, when you spoke to us a few minutes ago, that you used to when you get your scriptures and read them, that when he gave you a word, you dated it and and put the time and uh, and the year on there, the month and the year. That is one thing I have always done, and it is, it's. I love reading my different Bibles that I have that I've gone through in so many different Bibles. Is I love being able to go back and see that and remember the power of the Lord of what he has done for Bob and I and our family, and and realize that, that he was there with me all the time, even though we're hurting and we feel so alone and, and the Lord does speak to us. But there's still, when you open up that Bible or a different Bible and see those dates and you see and the recall of what that meant, of that timing in your family's life, in your life, um, it's, it's, it's uh, so powerful that I, I applaud you for doing that because that is just increases your faith when, as you uh, said, you, you open your Bible up and you remember Nehemiah of, of rebuilding the wall. Wow, that is a, a special chapter for anybody to have that when you're praying for a marriage restoration amazing to God be the glory right
2: absolutely so the 1st of November um i knew that we were about to face another difficult season we had the holidays coming up our 31st anniversary was coming up and i knew that i needed to really be strong for my family and for myself as we faced that and so One Saturday, the first part of November, I was preparing to just go spend the day with the Lord. Um, You know, I had the, um, the blessing at the time of not having young children, and I had some free time, and so the Lord had given me some really special places along the river and in the mountains to go just spend time with Him, and that's what I had set about to do this day, the first part of November in 2017, and... As I was getting ready, I was listening to a podcast and I think it was focused on the family and something that the speaker said, I don't even remember what she spoke, but she said something about our family members not feeling included or a part of the family. And I just sensed the Holy Spirit saying, well, Tim doesn't feel a part of the family. And I just remember being a little defensive that, you know, well, he's made these choices and (laughs) I sensed the Holy Spirit say, you need to invite him to Thanksgiving and I just thought, oh, my goodness, there's that's just too big. Like, I just don't even know where to start. Like, would my children come? Would Tim even answer a text message if I asked him to come? Where would I even start? And not only that, but, you know, I was shouldering the financial burden of my home at this point, and I didn't have a lot of extra money. So even the thought of going to buy all these groceries and fix all this food just seemed overwhelming to me. So all day, I just really contemplated and went back and forth on this um, that I felt like the Holy Spirit was leading me to do. And by that evening, I just remember thinking, well, the enemy wouldn't be asking me to do this. I know it's from the Lord. It's got to be. And so I just remember saying okay i'm going to do it and i think the enemy whispered honestly i think the enemy whispered to me and said what are you going to do if tim says he'll come and i remember (laughs) saying out loud i'm going to fix a meal for my family if he comes so that evening i did send him a text and just said i know this is random but i'm going to fix a meal for the children for thanksgiving and we'd love for you to come and i heard nothing and i thought well i'm not surprised there was always silence on the other end Until two days later, and on Monday evening, he replied back that he would love to come, and I was just blown away. Um, My children had said that they would come, and my son said he would bring the grandchildren, and so I was just overwhelmed. But then there was silence. We had a date and a time, but there was nothing, and I was going on faith that I was going to step out and buy these groceries and fix this food and get the house prepared for my husband to come visit. And... He came, and I will tell you that if I ever saw a picture of the prodigal son and how the husband, I mean, the the father welcomed him home, my children hugging their father was such a picture of grace and mercy. He was not met with anger or with bitterness or hate, but he was hugged and he was welcomed home, and it was such a picture of what, we come before the Lord and how gracious and merciful he is to us and our sin that he welcomes us with open arms. And it was just such a glorious time.
1: It must have thrilled your whole family on Thanksgiving to have that happen. We love the holidays. As you know, when you read your daily devotionals, we always talk about, you know, forgive and forget but try to make the holidays to be a special time for even the prodigals regardless of what the circumstances are because God can use the holidays to bring back memories and the memories of the past, of of the good memories of the past and so forth. So you doing that, opening your house and the children being able to have a relationship with a father, what a glorious, glorious Thanksgiving that was for you. And may we say now, all holidays, whatever you can do, listen to the Holy Spirit, because he can use those different holidays and special occasions to really heal and restore relationships. Just talking and seeing each other. It's huge.
0: Right. How, how did things progress after Thanksgiving that year? So... um
2: That evening after the meal concluded, um, and it it really felt very natural to have him there. It felt like he had never left. Um, But as he walked out the door, I followed him outside and just me and him in the garage. And I just said, can we just stop the divorce and just try to fix this? And he said, no, we can never fix it you will never forgive me. We can never move forward. Um I'll have to pay for this for the rest of our lives and so no, I can't do it. And so I was devastated. You know, I had followed the Lord. I had been obedient. I had tried my best to do every step and still my husband was saying no and the enemy still had him so blinded. So There was silence through Christmas, Um, no contact with me or the children, which was very hurtful for all of us. And on Christmas night, I remember sitting alone in the house and texting or typing out a text to send to him, just telling him, Merry Christmas. And I hit send three times and it didn't go through. And I said, okay, Lord, you're telling me you want him just to be alone and quiet and your voice, not mine. And I want to be obedient to that. So I was, I I didn't send the text. And three nights later, I was sitting watching a movie by myself and Tim called my phone suddenly out of the blue. And, um, I thought, well, what have I done now? Because the only time he would really ever call me is when he was upset about something. So he called me and I just remember saying a little prayer before i answered the phone and he just said hey would you like to go to dinner saturday night and it was not the sweet dripping honey very sincere (laughs) it was it was kind of harsh but i took it
1: (laughs) um so saturday (laughs) you have to thank god he called
2: so Saturday night, we actually went to dinner and I just knew, I knew that something was different this time. I knew that he had changed his way of thinking and that there was definitely a change. We went and had a nice meal and then following dinner, went to a coffee shop and ran into some people he knew and he introduced me as his wife. And I just knew wow. that, that things were, were on the upswing at this point.
1: <laughs> That's huge. Praise the Lord.
0: I, I think it's not to go without mentioning the silence you had after Thanksgiving. So common because people get discouraged because they see one answer to prayer have contact, they may have a meal like you had, and then they see their prodigal go silent. And it's so common that we see it time and time again. And usually, like my dad would say, it was just the war happening on the back end of things of them fighting the enemy and saying, you know, I have too much shame. Um, you had said that Tim said to you, he didn't think that you could ever get over what he had done. Um, and that's shame that a person feels, you know, when they've been the one that has caused the problem in the marriage or the sin, um, or the offense, even though you saw all throughout your marriage, there was times that you said, I was too prideful. I was doing this wrong and that wrong. And, um, that's just another lie from the enemy that, that he wants us to believe. Did Tim know that you were standing for marriage restoration through that time?
2: he did. I can't remember the exact time. Um, I think at at one point he had pretty much asked me to go file for divorce. And I had told him that I would do that because he asked me to. And um, then after reflecting on that, I I remember just thinking, I'm not ready to close the door on this. and, And I can't be the one to make that decision. And so it was at that point that I said, I think I texted him and it was I tried to be very respect, respectable and just said, you know, I I feel so strongly about all the years that we've shared together and I just cannot do this. And so if you choose to file for divorce, that's in your court, but I'm going to stand for this and and I'm going to forgive you and and I'm going to be here when you're
0: ready to come home. That's awesome. That's
1: great. Well, what
0: what happened on your date Saturday night? (laughs)
2: Well, so we just had just just a nice time of fellowship. Um, We went ahead and set a date for another time together. We were very slow. Um, This was not a fast process. We just kind of dated and he would come over for dinner some nights and then he would go back to his apartment. And um, we just really were very slow. I think that while I was very skeptical, I think he was also very skeptical. You know, the old me would have been ridiculing him for what he had done to me and been very vindictive and been just continuing to harass him about it. And the new me was not doing that. And I think he was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. So
0: mm-hmm. it was very slow. Um, testing the waters is what we call that. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's good. He, he was testing the waters and just rather fearful. So in January of 2018, my mother passed away and I had always felt that there would be some correlation between my marriage and my mother's life or death. Um, Couldn't really tell you that, why I felt that way. But in another act of grace and mercy, um, my dad realized that we needed one more pallbearer at her funeral. And he said, would you ask your husband to be a pallbearer? And I just thought that was so gracious of my father um, to offer that to my husband. And Tim agreed and said he would be honored. And so at her funeral, he took me to the funeral and he was there with me. And then he took me to the cemetery and he participated in her funeral. And, um, you know, I just think back and I think how courageous that was of him. He had not been a part of our family for two years. And He had not seen or spoken to any of these people. And he was so courageous to come and be a part of that um, and face all of those people at a time like that. And so I tell him so many times, and he doesn't believe me, and he pushes it aside, but, you know, he was the true hero in this story. Um, That was so huge for him to take that step. Right.
1: That is huge because when you have somebody dying and uh, close to you, like your mother and, and and him knowing her all these years, you know, he would have missed not being there, but with all the marriage problems. But for him to stepping up and your father needing somebody and he went to you to ask, because he felt he was still part of the family. And that is amazing. That was, God, that was a huge link of bringing family back together in a crisis. Where he could see everybody all at once, and he's there with the family. What a beautiful uh, blessing the Lord gave you all with that.
0: What happened after the funeral and after that was over?
2: So we just continued dating. Um, Nothing was very quick. Um, Mm -hmm. And then he pretty much just told me one day, he gave me a date that he was moving home. You know, I never did Mm -hmm. ask him officially to come home or move back home, but he just kind of said, I'm coming home on such and such date. So he began moving his things back and it was very awkward at first. Um, You know, again, we were both just very cautious, um, not real sure if I could trust him and he wasn't sure if he could trust me. So it was just a very slow process of being back at home and, and learning how to live together again and, and how to build this new marriage together. So I would say it took, several months if not even a year for us to begin to feel more
0: confident and
2: feeling like this was this was a sure thing
0: and how has your relationship changed since since he's come home now now you've been restored for five years now
2: for five years now
0: yes um You know, it's been, it's still
2: difficult. I mean, I think that we're still a miracle in progress. You know, it's, we've never really arrived. I mean, it's still a work and it's still difficult. And, um, you know, when he came home, he was, he was prideful and he was, he didn't come home the way I wanted him to. He didn't come home broken and tearful and, and going to all the people that he knew and apologizing. And, and he pretty much told me before he came home, you know, I don't want you asking me where i where I'm at. I don't want you asking me where I've been. I don't want you asking me about what happened. Um, So he was very defensive for a long time. And, and I had family members saying, you need to set up boundaries before he goes back home. And I just couldn't do that. I knew that God had brought him back and I could not lay down any rules for him I had to let the Lord take care of that so over the years now he's very transparent and you know if he gets a text message he lets me know who it is and if he's going to be late he he contacts me so a lot of that has fallen away and um you know we're just at a good place I think that God did fulfill that promise of restoring to us um double to us for for what the Lord, I mean, the enemy took away from us. So very grateful.
0: I think that's wonderful. And I think it's important to note, you know, we want restoration to be a sudden thing like it is in the movies, you know, just you two run into each other's arms (laughs) and you live happily ever after, and there's never a problem again. And that's not reality. Reality is that it is a process. And I was thinking back how you commented, and so many people say this, that when they have their revelation of the sin that's happening in their marriage, or when God reveals to them the failures, like where you have not been the wife you should have been, or you haven't been the husband you should have been, that we fall on our face and everything we do becomes praying and fasting and standing and fighting for our marriage and for our spouse. But so often when we're back under one roof, we forget to do that. You know, it happens to restored couples. It happens to couples that are married that are heading towards problems that we just get comfortable and stop really fighting the enemy for our marriages. And that's just a good challenge to constantly be aware that we don't let those little things build up that cause division in a home, and um you know it's a process you my mom says always you know once a stander always Always a stander stander. and she said i would never stop standing for my marriage because you never want to go back to where you were and back to that place of you know being prideful of not forgiving of whatever it is that you know you did as a, a spouse that contributed to the marriage so it's very important to recognize it's a process. So don't get discouraged. If you're listening to this and you're in that process, it takes time. It will take your lifetime, actually. It'll take the rest of your marriage to continue that. That's healthy. That's continuing to grow.
1: I totally agree because if you stop praying, if you stop thinking that, okay, we're back together, it's all right, the enemy would love us to not be so focused on us being the wife or the husband we need to be, and having that still that time with the Lord, still having that personal time that the Lord can still speak to us. We don't want to say, okay, Lord, thank you, and turn him off into that relationship that you developed. And when we seek the Lord and he gives us those special scriptures, he wants to help us when after your marriage is restored, for new scriptures to give you for the future and so forth. And what do your boys think
0: of what God's done in your marriage? Well, you know, so they, they don't really
2: speak of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have lots of silent men in my family, Um, (laughs) but I do know that when I see them with their father, you know, I know that they missed those years that he was not present with them. And um, when I see them together, it was all worth it. You know, just Mm -hmm. um, I cannot imagine life without my husband in it and their father in it. So it, it was all worth it. And I would do it again um, if I had to, just because the Lord showed himself faithful and he
0: right.
2: um, filled in those empty places. And he was just there with me every minute of every day. And he mm-hmm. just showed himself faithful. And so just very grateful. Um, and I, you know, I just want to encourage everybody that God can do anything. He can do the impossible. And, you know, just
0: don't give up don't give up hope it can be turned around that is a great a great um challenge to end on to not give up hope because there is always hope no no situation is beyond what god can handle and it's hard to remember that when we're in the pit and feeling so devastated but there is hope well, Chris, thank you for sharing your testimony. Um, we love to hear what God's done in your marriage and what he's done in Tim's life and your life. And um, we just appreciate the way that you've you've shared your story today.
1: It has absolutely been beautiful and so encouraging for yeah. others. Oh, my goodness. They will be so blessed to hear your stories. and And the restoration process especially with your sons now having a good relationship with their father, which is so important for everybody. So you know, we're just praising the Lord for how God is so faithful in restoring dead and hurting marriages. To God be the glory.
0: Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode, and I hope that was a blessing and an encouragement to you. I want to share a couple of resources with you. The cousin that Chris mentioned that she reconnected with is Carrie. And we have Carrie and her husband Ryan's testimony available on our website. You can visit our website and under resources, you can watch the remarriage video from Ryan and Carrie's remarriage ceremony. You can also go to episode 65 of the podcast and hear their testimony. But they have a wonderful testimony. So I know that that'll be a blessing to you. I also wanted to mention again episode 143 of the podcast, and that is Forgiveness, Reconciliation, and Restoration. What do they all mean? And this episode we talk about often, but it was mentioned here today with Chris, and I wanted to just remind you again that the process to restoration is not a quick overnight process. It's rebuilding a relationship and taking time to see that relationship grow and thrive. And so that's a great episode to just be reminded of the process that happens And you heard it with Chris, sometimes she had contact with her husband, and then he would be silent for weeks or months at a time. And that's part of that process. So that's a great episode to listen to episode 143. And we'll link both of these in the show notes if you'd like to go listen to them. God bless and we will talk to you again soon. If you are like me, you probably like to have as many things in your life automated as possible. Nowadays, we can automate so many things from telling our vacuum when to clean the house while we're at work, to automating the oven to turn on to cook our dinner. Well, one of the things that people have enjoyed is our Family Challenge. It is an automated donation that you can make every month to Rejoice Marriage Ministries without ever having to think about it. When you sign up for the Family Challenge, you can pick your predetermined donation amount And on the first or 15th day of each month, depending on the date that you choose, until you tell us to stop, you will make a monthly contribution to Rejoice Marriage Ministries without ever having to think about it. You can visit www.rejoiceministries.org and click on Donate to find out more about the Monthly Family Challenge.